Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Jason Munns is the Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Joins us each and every Monday. He's on Twitter at Munsley. Munns, what we're listening to? Jeffrey, this is Fortune and Fame by the KGB off the uh, Road Trip soundtrack. Oh, Classic. I was a bigger Euro trip guy, but road trip still, still pretty solid. Yeah, see, I, like I'm the other way. I I, I don't dislike Euro trip. Uh, it's it's got plenty going forward. Tom Green, man, like mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I'm with Muns on this. Guy. Road trip superior to Euro trip. I'm telling you, Euro trip holds up. I like Euro trip. It, it holds a it holds a well, it's, near it's, and dear place in my heart. I I, I did a. Like it was like senior skip day yeah. in high school, and I went to go see Eurotrip on senior skip day. Mm-hmm. Also happened to be my birthday. I remember it vividly. Mm-hmm. DJ Qualls, obviously, you know the scene where if you've had sexual relations, it, it you're removed from uh, donating. And he's then he when he stands up, he's like, "Cause I had sex last night." That that that's a, another classic moment from Road Trip. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, great film. Um. Munz, you were uh, in attendance like I was at the Southern Heritage Classic Coaches Luncheon on Friday where Penny Hardaway was the keynote speaker, and um, he spoke for almost a half an hour, and as he described it, he gave his life story in a manner that he had never told it before is how he phrased it. Like, he he feels like, you know— his life story is well known around these parts. You know, what he went through as a kid, what he overcame, what he did as a high schooler. All of it has been detailed in various ways over the years. But Penny said this was a new way of him describing it. Uh, how? What, what was your takeaway from it? Because there were a, couple, a lot of different things he said and talked about. Um, what was your overall, like, were you surprised? that he did this, uh, first of all, and then we'll get into the particulars. What did you make of what Penny decided to do on Friday? Yeah, man. Like as soon as he, as soon as he got up there and said, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, tell you guys some things that I've never really talked about before. I was like, all right, here we go. This is going to be good. And, uh, um, and just the longer it went, the, the more I was just, I I just kind of was sitting, I was sitting there enthralled by the whole thing. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the room was packed and, Everybody in there. He had him. He had everybody in there, just about in the palm of his hand. And he really is um, a good public speaker. Like it is. Like I, I've now seen, you know, more than a half dozen of been there more than a half dozen times. He's done things like this, and he it is really in, uh, in a, he is really impressive as a public speaker. 
Yeah, a couple times he had, you know, he had the room kind of chuckling and laughing a little bit, and then later he broke down. He got emotional when he was talking about Desmond Merriweather, and um, and yeah, I mean, like that's 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 just one aspect of the whole thing, you know. Like he he is great at uh, at public speaking, but yeah, there was a lot of layers to uh, mm-hmm. to, to sort of peel um, when when looking back at the at the speech. Um, well, here, let me go was, through some of the highlights and we can react. Yeah. So uh, among, I thought, you know, he goes through his childhood about one. I, I don't think I'd ever heard him phrase his upbringing like this. He was talking about, you know, we know his mom at a young age left to become like to try to pursue a career in singing. Um, mm-hmm. And he moved in with his grandmother. Um, but as he put it, when I was five years old, my mother took me to my grandmother and said the pressure was too much. She wanted to go out and pursue a career. She had a baby earlier than what she really wanted to, but she really wanted to pursue her career. So she told my grandmother she wanted to travel around the country and be a singer. So anybody who knows a grandmother, my grandmother was like, you can't take him. You can go, but you can't take him. So my dad was gone before I was born. At five years old, I was dropped off at my grandmother's house. My mom took off on her journey. She stayed gone nine years. Right. Um, like it, it was interesting to hear him phrase it like, like basically like how he felt. It was almost as if he was saying it was like a little bit like an abandonment in some ways. I hadn't heard him talk about it like that. Yeah. And then, you know, he kind of, from there, he kind of, uh, talked a little bit about how, um, you know, you, you sort of, uh, every time he said, every time a car passed by, he thought it was going to be her coming yeah, back for the first know? five like, years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like just heartbreaking stuff. Yeah. Now, my grandmother was known in the neighborhood as a tough woman. This is Penny. She was by herself, so she had to be tough. She raised me tough. She was the type of woman who would sit on the porch in the summertime, have a blanket on her lap and a gun next to her. That's who I was raised by. Then he goes on to say, also, every New Year's Eve, she would open her back door and shoot her gun until it was empty. So I said, okay, I know what I'm dealing with now. I've been dropped off. I know what it's all about now. Um, so, and you know how, I mean, and I, I believe I should note, like Penny has a great relationship with his mother. He moved back in with her eventually in high school, but you know, we know how much he reveres his grandmother. He talks about her quite a bit. If you, if you want him, yeah. if you want to get him going about someone he really admires, ask him about his grandmother. Um, so that was, that was a really interesting thing. He talked about, you know, shooting on a shopping cart and, uh, and, a milk crate and, a tire rim growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was it. He talked about not so – there's some coach over at Treadwell Middle School, I think that's where he was at, who uh, cut yep. him from the seventh-grade basketball team. What? Yeah. He, he didn't yeah, make yeah, the yeah. seventh – This is one of the this is one of the best parts. He talked about how he didn't he didn't make the seventh-grade basketball team. He said he was 5'6". He thought he was pretty good, but the coach didn't. So, yeah, he didn't – he said he went and, and looked for And he was name. the water boy for the team. Yeah, yeah. He said he said I still want to be around the team. He was the water boy that year, and uh, I don't think I'd ever heard that before. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. um, but that was neat. And then yeah, he says he comes back his eighth grade year. He's five nine. By the time he's a ninth grader, he's six two, and he's he's off to the races. Yeah. Now he talked about sleeping on the floor at his grandmother's, um, things like that. And then he starts going into his basketball career, and a lot of this is well chronicled. What his time at Memphis State. Um, and you know, he glossed over some stuff like the, like, honestly, like getting shot as a, you know, his first year at Memphis state and, you know, mm-hmm. all that and the academic stuff he had to overcome in order to play, be eligible to play. Um, 
But then when he gets to his pro career, I thought I had never heard him talk about Shaq leaving for L.A. the way yeah. he mm-hmm. did um, in this speech, and I thought it was really interesting. One, he talked about being at a press conference when he was at the Olympics in 96 when, you know, this is pre, you know, the early days of the Internet, maybe even before Internet, and Penny was up at the press conference and didn't know that Shaq had signed with the Lakers that morning and was asked a question, and um, he said he was sitting up there answering the question, like, essentially, like, he kind of knew Shaq was leaving, but he didn't know no, and he said he gave, like, a question of, I hope he stays. And he said, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, and Reggie Miller looked at him like, fool, are you crazy? Do you have no idea that he has? he's left? Yeah. Um, that was good. And then he talked about Kobe Bryant teaming up with Shaq and, and winning all those titles with the Lakers, and this is what Penny said. That was my dynasty. That was my guy talking about Shaq. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, but Kobe ended up getting the position that I already had by Shaq going to L.A. and winning championships. Every championship that they won, I was like, wow, that should have been me. Yeah. I don't think he'd said yeah. it that bluntly before. Yeah, right. Like that, that, that he thought that if, if, if Shaquille O'Neal had stayed in Orlando, that they could have done with the Magic what Shaq and Kobe did with the Lakers. And yeah, that was, I mean, that was, <laughs> that's pretty heavy. And, and who's to say he's wrong? I mean, you know, like they were both getting into their prime. <laughs> if Shaq and- stays in Orlando, I think it's safe to say. And Penny doesn't run into the injury. Yeah, like I think it's yeah. safe to say they win a title together. Well, at least one. I think. I think this is the more interesting question because I think Mark has made this point. When when I was listening to this part of the speech, it really hit home for me. Like I think a big part of why he is coaching today is the fact that the pro career didn't go the way that he wanted it to because of obviously injuries. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, you know, of course, because we could get into. I, I have a feeling we're heading toward this point about how um, how much it means to him to come back to his hometown and um, you know try to lift up, try to you know pay it forward, give back to the uh, uh, to, to to the to the young kids of his hometown um, and and that sort of thing. So I think that's I think that is is part of it. But yes, I agree with you that there is a significant. Uh, uh, I think he's a competitive of, dude, and he doesn't yeah. like the way his career ended. No one would, um, given the heights he reached at at, at various points. Um, and I think I think it would be silly to like kind of overlook that he's looking for a better ending, if you will, yeah. this time yeah, around, exactly. so to speak. And I don't exactly. think that's I don't think that's selfish of him. I don't think that's wrong. I think it's natural to want that if you were in his position. Um, Jeffrey, I thought you would think this was interesting. He said during one stretch of the playoffs when he was with Phoenix, I didn't go back and look at what year this was, but it was, I guess, they beat the Spurs and then were playing the Lakers in a playoff series. And in one playoff run, Penny said he took six quarter zone shots in his knee. Yeah, I bet. Because he probably went six games. He probably took one every game. <laughs> right? <laughs> He goes, I didn't know I was damaging myself more. I was just trying to play. I was trying to relive what I had started. It didn't happen. Um, so that was interesting. And then he gets into, it's, well again, well chronicled what happened after his career, the Desmond Merriweather angle of his friend uh, getting diagnosed with cancer and Penny coming back to Memphis to help him out and realizing, you know, kind of what, as he put it, his, like his mission, his new mission in life was to help kids 
um, as a basketball coach, um, and um, specifically here in Memphis. And I thought the most newsworthy thing from this um, from this keynote address was at the end of kind of retelling this story of how he became a basketball coach, how he ended up at Memphis. And he says this, I get to the University of Memphis after I left East winning a third championship, and now I'm here and I'm getting into trouble for doing what I just told y'all I did. And by that he means helping kids, you know, trying to be an asset to the community, raise up Memphis. I mean, we got a pre. This is Penny again. I mean, we got a group of people who are judging me as if I did that for monetary purposes, not from the heart. I did that all. I did that from the heart. Um, and then he went on to tell this anecdote about a pastor that he had has uh, who put a bunch of sheets of paper on the stage one Sunday during a sermon, and he said, "This is my life story on all these sheets of paper." but y'all want to grab one sheet and judge me from one sheet instead of understanding what the story is. So we're in that battle. Um, And that very, you know, we asked Penny afterwards, you know, why'd you decide to say this at this? And he said, God told, you know, it just came to him through God, which is fine. That's what Penny said on the record. I can't help but think, the fact that this comes like a week after the TSSAA basically tried to erase him from the record books, uh, that this wasn't at least partially motivated by the fact that he did not appreciate what the TSSAA did last week and probably, you know, we know has been frustrated by, you know, this IARP process. It's been said many times about Penny Hardaway, how savvy he is, how media savvy he is, and how just savvy in general that he is. So um, it it should not go unsaid here as well. Yeah, I don't think it's any coincidence that just a few days after the TSSAA did did what they did, that he, um, you know, goes out in front of a lot of cameras and a lot of people and a lot of reporters and, you know, just sort of like lays it all out there. Um, the way, the way that he did, it was, it was really well done. And yeah, when I, when I asked him, you know, why now, why, why did you pick this time, this, this setting to do this, um, to say some of these things that you have never said before publicly, he said that what you said, that, that it was, it was God's plan or, or however he phrased it. Um, you know, he, he, he was smiling when he said it, uh, as well. And so, um, God just told me to say it today. That was how he phrased it. Right. Exactly. Which, you know, that's uh, open to interpretation, but, um, but, but yeah, so I, I, I don't think that, um, it's, it's that much of a coincidence to, uh, you know, with the timing and everything of, of what the TSSAA did. So, but, you know, again, he, uh, he, he is very, very good at, um, at, at a lot of things. And, and one of them is, uh, you know, getting a, getting a, getting a point across at, in a very poignant way at a very pointed period of time. Does it surprise y'all that, that TSSAA ruling or whatever, I don't know, what how, what are we calling it? Like a a letter of whatever a sanctions a decision. Are, yeah, yeah a decision. decision. Does it surprise y'all that it is having this kind of impact? Because 
on one hand, I kind of think about it in the sense of like the way that Mark had written about it last week, where I think anyone reading about this is just like, are you? Who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's mm-hmm. kind of this element of like, okay, I guess if you want to strike it from the record, whatever. But like, I guess though, on the other hand, I can understand like those are. I think it's all interconnected because I think he feels like. I mean, it it is in some ways to some people like it's tainting what he's accomplished as a coach, or they're mm-hmm. attempting to taint it. And I think that's probably yeah. what bothers him. And I don't think for a second that they're that like. I mean, like he can't he part of him coming back and getting back into it this way was it had a lot to do with Desmond Merriweather. And that is a very, very personal mm-hmm. thing. I mean, like, yeah. you know, they're messing like that, with that story. Exactly. 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 I think that that meant that, that, that whole section of Penny Hardaway's story means a lot to him. And they've gone back and like you said, they painted it now. Yeah. And what I, what I would say is, I don't think he says people who are judging me as if I did that for monetary purposes. I'm not sure that's what this is. I think it's more like they're going after him for breaking the rules because I think two things can be true. I think Penny has done a lot of good for a lot of people in this city through basketball, and he's lifted up a lot of people with what he's done coming back here. I think this is also true. I don't think that's what the James Wiseman thing that I don't think that's what was happening with the James Wiseman thing. Like like getting like James Wiseman he was at Ensworth. James Wiseman was the number one recruit in the country and was at Ensworth. It was not like the it's not I don't think I don't think the two things are similar in in terms of, like I don't think what he was doing with James Wiseman is the same as sort of his mission as a coach. Now, I think he'll, you know, he probably maybe disagrees with me. Um, would say you know James Wiseman approached that, that James Wiseman approached him needing help and Penny decided to help him. Um, but I think it also goes back to you know he's a competitive dude. He wanted to have the best team in the country. That's what he was trying to do at East at times, especially yeah, as he got I- along there. Like and James Wiseman provided a way to do that. And frankly, he figured out some loopholes in order to allow James Wiseman to play the whole time. <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, yeah, and I don't think those are I don't think those are unfair points, but I also don't think that I mean, like, who's to say that you know, like, like Penny wanted to elevate and put some of these Memphis guys, bring some more attention to them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like, if he thought that the best way to do that was to go and get a high-profile guy like James Wiseman to sort of sh- bring some spotlight with him to help him you know, to, 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 to have it shine on some of these other guys, uh, some of these lower-profile guys to help them and to help East and to help Memphis. Well, you know, it all, it all sort of went hand-in-hand hand there, I think. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.